The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks, Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Richard. Darren. So welcome to our Christmas edition. Of happy Christmas, happy Darren. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Happy Christmas to everyone who's uh, tuning in with us. Very, very happy Christmas but, and New Year coming. Yeah, and thanks for making us part of this time with you. Um, you know, this is a topic that we were kind of banning about. I thought it'd be a good one for, for the show today. Can I just say a loaded word? Please do. Sin. Know it well. I thought, you know, I thought that, you know, make a good topic for the for today because there are just there are just so many wrong ideas about it aren't there there and are I th- and i think in putting some you know some of those ideas right it's it's incredibly um enlightening mm. it's and uh, emancipating i think you know mm-hmm. in terms of you know our our feeling about life in general and, and what's important and what to pay attention to mm-hmm. um so you know i think it would be useful to start off with with you know, traditionally, of course, is associated with religion and things like that. But, mm. you know, is there such a thing as sin, you know, even outside of religious dogma? I mean, what are we talking about well, here? Well, actually, the master Mars Sector 6, who delivered the nine oh, yeah. freedoms, mm-hmm. blows this out the water mm-hmm. in the fourth freedom. So we've got the exact answer to your question delivered by Mars Sector 6. And I quote... That's what we like. <laughs> there is but one major sin upon terror, that is ignorance. And I think what we have to sort of say here over this Christmas season, we have to point to some of the very debilitating, very discouraging, Mm. fearful uh, concepts that came into Christian orthodoxy. Now, hopefully, some of those have, have gone now. And a lot of Christians wouldn't accept them now, mm-hmm. but they did for 100 right. years. And, and among them was this concept of seven deadly sins. And it's, first of all, there's only one sin, ignorance, mm-hmm. yeah. major sin, and it's not deadly. Or it doesn't have to be deadly, because the great news is that all sin, and we've all been there, we've all done ignorant things, we've all made mistakes. I was once driving Dr. King, I used to have the privilege of driving him alone oh, yeah. a fair amount, as did some others. And anyone who's done that will know that, um, certainly from my experience anyway, there's never a sort of a moment of, not much moments of quiet, <laughs> it's, okay. uh, which is wonderful. It was yeah. a full-on conversation from start to finish, every time, as far as I was concerned. Mm. And it would be 80% him and 20% me, which is as it should be, mm-hmm. uh, because he, he, you know, who wants to listen to me when you could listen to him? But he did, you know, he, well, it wasn't completely a one-way thing. Sure. wouldn't even be fair on him. But I do remember one particular journey, and he just said, suddenly said, you know, one of these days, I'm going to give the, the longest seminar I've ever given. I was going, oh, this is fascinating. Kind of intriguing, yeah, 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 yeah. What's this? He said, it's going to be called The Mistakes of George King. Wow, that's something. And there's me driving. <laughs> yeah, just... Uh... What do you say to that? Because here you have 
Um, yes, he had a bluff exterior, de quite deliberately at times. He could be very strict. He used to admit freely from the platform that he smoked, he drank, and he could be short-tempered, at least apparently. Sometimes not even apparently, could be at mm. times, but it was always controlled, of course. Um, that was often because of his compassion for his, the people around him. Mm. But nevertheless, here was someone putting all that aside who was about as pure as it gets. I mean, I'll just say one thing. I certainly believe, having talked to him personally um, on related matters, that he was completely celibate throughout his entire life. Wow. Just to name one thing. Mm -hmm. um, he certainly wasn't in any way inclined towards materials. So it's usually money or sex where us mm -hmm. terrestrials fall down in one way or another. Sure, yeah. um, and, but it could be another thing. But he, in, in, and he was a pacifist. There was a warrior, a fighter, who was a conscientious objector in the war. It's interesting that, actually. I was, I was actually talking to my wife, Alison, about this point as to cosmic avatars, of which he was one, there are very few that... I, I'm trying to think of any, actually, of the well-known ones that went to war, for physical war on the physical mm. plane. I don't mean in the lower planes yeah. or in some other... They yeah. were all fighters, all of them, fighters for truth and, mm. and change and so forth. Um, even Moses, actually, in the one incident that is recorded, and it's rightly or wrongly recorded, where they had to defend themselves, his people, as they escaped across the, the desert, Moses being a great avatar, mm -hmm. during the battle which I think Joshua led uh, the, their forces uh, to defend themselves, I, don't, I believe Moses didn't engage in the battle himself personally. I see. And I don't think Sri Krishna did either. He gave advice to Arjuna about fighting. Mm. Um, I'd have to check that. Um, so, but certainly Buddha, Jesus, Confucius, Lao Tse, Patanjali, Sankacharya, Gandhi, you know, none of those went to war. And nor even did uh, Dr. King, who was among them all perhaps the most warlike or warrior-like, warrior, not yeah, warlike, yeah. warrior-like, yeah. correct myself, that was wrong, warrior-like, he didn't either. So, uh, coming back to Dr. King and his seminar, I personally think it, it, you know, it should be null and void as an activity <laughs> because they wouldn't even be in the category of major sins, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. So, this is true of avatars. But having, if we look at terrestrials, though, mm. you do find some of the great figures in spirituality as well as elsewhere who did um, you know, make one mistake or another. But then you have this wonderful quote by the, the great Yogananda, oh, yeah. that a saint is a sinner who never gave up. Beautiful. Yeah, totally. That's the, and that's the spirit, I think, of what we're, what we're talking about here. Yeah, that, that... so, I mean, these things are going to happen. But what I want to come to, though, really, is the, is the, the, the fatality, yes. the helplessness induced into the dogma of orthodoxy. orthodoxy. Mm. So I think... The seven deadly sins were created in the sixth century, I believe. Created. Yeah, yeah they were sort of <laughs> yeah. written down yeah, or yeah, yeah. codified by a pope. It might be Pope Gregory. Mm. That's what I think. But it certainly wasn't from the, you know, it's not in the Bible. It's not from the early days of Christianity. It doesn't come from Jesus or St. Peter. Right. And, and you know, this word deadly is so fatalistic. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of their approach to hell. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, which is actually an approach which feeds into the egos and the maliciousness of the evil forces. 
because they would love the idea of eternal hell and damnation. They would love the idea that they themselves could exist forever Absolutely. in that way. Yeah. But they won't. Mm-hmm. We're only here for one reason, that's to evolve. And involution is, if you like, the sin that's as a result of ignorance. It. Yeah, that's yeah. Way of putting it. But, you know, here's a wonderful quote talking of, of hell uh, from Dr. King. And he said this in an address. Even if you go to hell, you can always come back and mount the stairs to heaven again. Hope. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And true. And something we will all have to do. So it's not deadly. And, of course, the fatal flaw, if there is any fatal flaw, in those seven deadly sins, of course, is they're all pretty well from what... I I don't even know. I couldn't even list them to you. But I know there's sloth and I know there's greed. I know there's lust and there's gluttony. Mm. And they're all very personalised things. And the religions tend to be very personalised. And... You know, bad personal behaviour is wrong. Let's make no bones about that at all. But the teachings that we have, what a reservoir of teachings we have, Darren. Totally. I mean, you know, here we are on the Spiritual Freedom Show, and I always feel, you know, we're really, really scratching the surface of the teachings that were delivered through Dr. George King. Even after years. After years and years, and the yeah. consistency in them. And this was, I was privileged to co-author the biography. And there is so much consistency if you go through them and you find that things that were said in, like, the 1950s tally exactly with what later happened in the 60s and then the 70s and then the 80s. There is no inconsistency and there is this tremendous depth and they, all, they, they are the treasure that keeps on giving. The more you look into them, the more that comes from them. Yeah. And, yeah, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, you know, just, you know, having just observed some of the uh, experiences of these different aligned states that you've shared over the last six months, for example, and then sitting and talking with you and seeing you bring out more from the nine freedoms each time, it just helps me to see, you know, that, you know, what we have in these teachings here is only limited by our realization, really, that you you can just continue to mine the depths of the the, the truth that is available there. Yeah, and and they're being studied... In the heavens, what you might call the higher realms. Because if you take the fifth freedom, which I'm I'm slightly obsessed with, I have to confess, with Mm. the fifth freedom (laughs) at the moment, which is cosmic consciousness to study, Mm. it's not just um, a sort of a a philosophy. It is a philosophy, and it's extremely revealing philosophy. Mm. And much, with no disrespect intended here, as you might find in theosophy, you, you might find some things that are a great philosophy to study. But the nine freedoms is a practical thing. It's a thing you can do, and it's a thing we will do. And when we do, then we're going to need it. Mm-hmm. We're going to need the nine freedoms because it gives us all the pointers that we need at that moment to identify what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that applies to the fifth freedom, and I'm sure it applies to the others. And as we've discovered on the Spiritual Freedom Show, you can take something from the seventh freedom or the eighth or the ninth interplanetary existence, Saturnian existence, even solar existence, and apply it now. Because the path that we are being given now is the cosmic path. And this is the big change. The path in the new age, and this was given for those people preparing for the new age, that's the path that will be a tiny reflection 
of the path which is being followed on Mars, on Venus, on Jupiter, on Saturn, and even on the Sun. Mm. Up to now, we've had a path that hasn't been totally in attuned to that. The yeah. path created for us, I think with great compassion, factoring in the selfishness of human beings, that they will only do something if they think they're going to get something out of it. They'll change in the process and transmute that selfishness, yeah. but we have to give them this ca carrot. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so therefore, yes, do this, and you'll get nirvana, and you'll, etc., etc. Now, it's service all the way. And you, you enter the higher states so that you can help others more, and then you help others more, which takes you along your own path of evolution to the higher states. It's all, it's all one, and it's all factored in, and it's a very deep and profound uh, path. I just wanted to throw that in, but I, mm -hmm. I'm getting off the topic here, which is, you know, the, the, the great hope here. Dr. King was so positive, and there are people you can look at. There are even people who've become ascended masters who, who've had, um, you know, they may be saying, now, let me just give this as a warning. Anybody who's certainly in the public eye who is doing great good and bringing light to the world will be attacked. Mm. That, I think, is a definite on this world. Yeah. Uh, the dark forces will want them to be attacked, and they have a, several ways of doing it. One way is through rumours and gossip and allegations. Now, often those allegations are complete lies, there, there can be smoke without any fire, by the way. There hmm, can be yeah. absolutely that, that saying shouldn't, should be right, but it isn't always right when the dark forces come into play. Sometimes there can be elements of truth in some of these things, but they're still being used to destroy someone that they're, they're not really worried about their... No, the, so, in fact, in fact yeah. they probably like it, yes. the dark forces. <laughs> yes, true. Uh, it's not that, so it's that up. they're just using yeah. it. Yeah. And this is going to happen, and you can see this in some of the... The figures, but there are a number of people. I mean, I can think. Like, let me just name one. Sir Francis Drake mm. is now in the an, an ascended master. Now that's a very contentious thing, and it even surprised Dr. King when he heard it, which was quite late in his life. He didn't know that until I think the 1990s. Mm -hmm. Now, but the point is this. I mean, and some people are now trying to cancel Sir Francis Drake because I think he possibly went on a slave ship in his earlier days or whatever it might be that isn't to say that he didn't make any mistakes as a matter of fact he had two more lives after that life mm -hmm. you know this is the massive difference actually coming that to that the between the fifth freedom and the sixth freedom fifth freedom entering cosmic consciousness that's one thing it's it, you know that's a it's, it's a it's a very high thing but it's something that can be done can be done it's a definite thing that people can do i'm sure of that Absolutely sure of that. But ascension, though, you've got to get everything right. Yeah. So whatever mistakes Sir Francis did or didn't make, um, he came back for at least two more lives after that. And this is the difference. And you can even have uh, people who, about whom many things have been said, and a lot of them could be total lies, even if there's any truth in it. They've turned it around and become very advanced. I mean, things are said about, were said about Madame Lavatsky. Mm. Things were said about Swami Vivekananda. Things were said about Yogananda. 
etc. One could go on and on. But these are, t- are people who are terrestrial. Swami Vivekananda is now an ascended master yeah. or something else Dr. King discovered. Um, I don't think Madame Blavatsky or Yogananda are, but they're certainly on very high realms. So coming back to our dear Yogananda, a saint is a sinner who never gave up. And we also have uh, our friend Oscar Wilde oh, yeah. with um, every saint has been a sinner and every sinner will be a saint. Hmm. Yeah, same spirit, isn't same it? Same spirit. Not quite as good, but I think very good. Because I think you know, one thing that the, the more orthodox teaching takes away is, is this perspective of, of looking at, at life from the standpoint of the soul and our, our evolution over the course of lives. Yes. And, and you know, this idea, I, I agree, of eternal damnation, eternal hell is, is, is such, a, such a wrong idea in terms of um, misguiding us as to you know, even... Um, the hope, I guess, I guess that's the way you put it, isn't it? And I, and I totally yeah. agree with it. The hope with which we can approach life, that it's not about mm-hmm. our past mistakes, it's about what we do now to create a better future. Yes. Yeah. And you can change. And you can change very, very, very quickly. And I think mm. that's one of the greatest and most wonderful things. Mm. Actually, it's one of the things, talking about Christmas, I like about um, Christmas Carol. And Dr. King, and, and I'm the same, watching that on television, that film, we used to both cry. Mm. Because here you have someone, you know, they were mean and so on. They, they weren't a, exactly a you know, powerful magician in the lower realms. But sure. there they, they, they changed. He changed. Scrooge changed. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And there is someone, actually, who was in the lower realms uh, uh, that we heard about who was really quite vicious and a, a, a real um, ruthless person who completely changed. And is mm. a most wonderful and advanced person now, mm. known as the Prince, and a very, very important person who's played a major role. In fact, strangely enough, because of his experience, was able to play a major role yeah. in bringing light into those realms. Um, very interesting indeed. Um, and one of the stories I love also is St Paul. Now, St Paul is a planetary master now. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't tell me, so unlike, say, Dr. King, who was an avatar, who I don't really buy his, his seminar about all his mistakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have okay. to say, yeah, yeah. although it's, I think it's a wonderful lesson, and it was mm-hmm. no doubt a lesson to me yes, yeah, yeah, in yeah, humility, yeah. which yes. I'm sure I needed, I'm sure I do need, mm-hmm. and that's great. And we should all, you know, acknowledge our mistakes. Board. You yeah. don't have to acknowledge your mistakes to everybody else, by the way. That depends how they're going to use them. Good advice. But you must acknowledge them to yourself. Absolutely. And you must put them right, mm. as far as you possibly can. And you must acknowledge them with people involved, if there are any other people involved, to help them and to do all you can to put them right. And then you move on. Mm. Then you move on. And St. Paul um, killed Christians. Now, I just don't believe someone who... And this is an, I say this not to criticise St. Paul, but to show the wonder of change. Yes, OK, yeah, got it. Uh, he was stoning Christians, we're, we're told. He did it because he was a completely committed believer at that time in uh, his Jewish tradition of the time, which was that that's what you should do to such people. It doesn't excuse it at all. It's the major sin of ignorance. It's wrong. He did that and then he completely changed and possibly did more for the church than anybody we can think of in the early days except St. Peter, of course. Mm -hmm. St. Peter being another example 
of, of, of an avatar. That's why I do not buy the nonsense. I'm going to say nonsense that people in the church say about St. Peter, that he was weak. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it doesn't even tally with its, the story. It doesn't hang together. On the one yeah. hand, he'll cut yeah. a centurion's ear exactly. off. Yeah. And then you know, and then be almost chastised for being too mm -hmm. brave, you could say. Yeah. And, and so on. And then in another case, he's too cowardly to admit he knew Jesus. Mm -hmm. No, uh, he, he did it. That was a lie that was correct because the person who asked him didn't deserve the truth. Yeah. They didn't have the right motive for the truth. I think we talked before that Lord Buddha used to give different answers to the same question to different people. Mm -hmm. And it's quite an interesting thing. This And, and his disciple Ananda asked him why he did that. And he said, because they, these, are, these people, this is my words here, by the sure, way, yeah. they're asking questions, but they're coming from completely different places. Mm. And you can see that. One person saying, is there such a thing as God, might be thinking of gods like the Hindu gods. Another person might be thinking of the divine. They have a whole different I, I thing, what they mean by the question. And one might be a yes, one might be a no. Mm-hmm depending on what they're thinking at the time. Yeah. But I'm, I, I divert. So St. Paul, though, turned it around. He quite possibly, I mean, I'm going to guess here, had lives after that. There are, or at least a life after that. Yeah. I don't know that. Mm -hmm. um, but he, um, he, to ascend, actually, he must, I would have thought of done. Me too. Assuming yeah. that he wasn't an avatar. Mm -hmm. And I can't see how he could have been. And, and some theosophists believe it's, he's the same individual as the master Hilarion. Okay. They believe that. And there is a Hilarion who did have a life in the desert. Now, these are all just thoughts. I, I don't know whether this is uh, all what happened. But all I'm saying is here is someone who completely changed someone who I would take to be a terrestrial person. And that's why I draw the distinction between an avatar coming here, who I don't think would have yeah. these flaws and these faults, and a terrestrial person ascending the ladder towards ascension. Mm. I, I just want to bring it back to a point you were making earlier about how you, how you, you know, in the context of ascending this ladder, how, do you, um, how does forgiveness relate to you know, dealing with sin? Thank you so yeah. much. Because yeah. I've got something written down. <laughs> no I don't doubt. know whether you knew that or not. Did you know that? No, so just, you're yeah. being psychic today. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So I have this uh, piece of paper here, right here, Darren. And this is what I wrote down. Forgiveness can be better for the person who is forgiving than it is for the person who is forgiven. Mm. And I That's think, something unexpected, I think, for a lot of people. Yes, I, I think coming to the uh, Christmas and the, yeah. the dogmas, it's, I think the Master Jesus' teaching of forgiveness, which he definitely taught and practiced, has been very, very misunderstood and introduced wrongly because they identified Jesus with God yeah. as the same thing, um, uh, to say that you know, God will forgive us our sins mm -hmm. if we do X, Y, and Z. Forgiveness is a message for people to practice. It's a practice. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. What a brilliant, brilliant remark. Brings us back to sin, actually. Yeah. I mean, not an outstanding thing to come up with in a very tricky situation when he's being put on the spot is a trap and he knew it. 
in, you know, he's being asked whether this adulteress should be stoned to death or not. And if he said no, he's going against the teachings. Totally. And, he, and he just says, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And that, in our terms, would mean someone who is, has no ignorance. Mm -hmm. So I'll step up the person who has no ignorance at all yeah. and start casting your stones. It's, it's amazing, actually, some of the stone casters, and they might be doing it verbally, are people who are the worst offenders themselves. No doubt. Uh, yeah. But forgiveness is a wonderful thing. Um, it's, it's a release. It's not necessarily, though, good for the person who is forgiven. Mm. They might actually require, and I actually learned this with Dr. King because he, because he could be very forgiving of the mistakes and foibles and wrong behaviours of people like myself and others at times. Um, and you can fall into the trap, even with, this is with a living master, and, yeah. I, and I, I, just, I learned this as I went along. You think, oh, I've been forgiven by Dr. King, therefore it's fine. I see. It's yeah. not fine. It. He has forgiven me. I've got to do something about this and put it right. Yeah. And, you know, the idea that you're forgiven by God and therefore you're out of it, you're clear, straight hotline all the way up to heaven. <laughs> um, no. You've got to put it right. So the forgiven is the one who should be worrying. The, the forgiver is released from yes. a burden. Yeah. So, yeah, forgiveness uh, is better for the forgiver than it is for... The forgiven. And what uh, what are we talking about at the end of the day for that person, you know, who who you know they're forgiven for, by the, you know, mm. um, why is it that there's still something for them to do and deal with? I mean, what's going on there in terms of karma? I mean, how would we, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, there? first of all, it depends what the thing is, mm. but have they harmed anyone mm. in the in whatever they're being forgiven for? And you know, people in relationships that last all, I would say all practice forgiveness at some point and it's a choice you don't have to yeah but if you do uh, if you want the relationship to continue you will have to but i mean whatever the incident is that you're being forgiven for uh, in that or in, in any other so it could be at work it could be in any kind of situation there may be people that you have damaged along the way in some form mm -hmm. Uh, and those people, you will need to do some, whatever you can do anyway, to put, put it right. Mm. And certainly probably tell them that you were wrong. Yeah. So that there's no misunderstandings here. As I said earlier, you don't have to go around and announce it to the world. None, it's none of the world's business, actually. Mm. If it is a relationship and you've wronged someone, it's only their business and nobody else's. They choose to forgive you. Everybody else can do one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So we touched there on this, this idea of it. In... I suppose, but sorry, to come to yeah. your point, though, it, there's got to be more to it than that. But here's a, here's the big thing that gets missed in all this, and I'm, mm. I'm bringing up personal relationships myself mm. here, mm. and this is what it seems to me that morality, certainly in religions, focuses on exactly, in one yeah. way or another. Yeah. Uh, whereas actually... The cosmic teachings, which is why we then I, we talked about them and how wonderful and vast yeah. they are, they don't. I mean, according to the master theorists, and we've mentioned this before, there's only one sin in the cosmic system, and that whatever we do impacts upon the galaxy. Mm -hmm. And I think the most, I think, this is my humble opinion, the most important thing any of us could possibly do is impact in a positive way upon the galaxy. 
That, to me, would be the highest moral calling. Yes. Yeah. Of all, That's much the... more than any petty, or maybe not petty, but personal matter. They've got to be dealt with. Yes, they do matter. But what, how you interact with the galaxy, that matters to me far more. How you interact with your, the planet, the Mother Earth, matters immensely. Totally. I mean, how often are you praying for the Mother Earth? You know, you might be living an impeccable life, a good family man or woman, doing your job, but what have you done? What have you tried to do for the Mother Earth? Never mind for humanity as a whole, not just your local community, not just your nation, humanity as a whole, actually for people who you don't really think a lot of. What have you done for them? What have you done, and here's a shocker, for the dark forces? Mm. Because the great ones... Now, I don't want to mislead anyone here. You've got to be very careful here. I'm not, certainly not suggesting people go out and try and tangle themselves up with that. You've got to know exactly what you're doing. But if you come to an avatar like Dr. King, he saved hu humanity. Uh, one of his specialities was psychic defence, let's call it that, yeah. and, and, and helping with evil forces. But also, those evil forces themselves were helped. Yes. In the process. We don't often think about that aspect of mm. it, do we? Yeah. So this is where, this is the great limitation coming back to our seven deadly sins. They're pretty well all personalized is issues, which I'm going to repeat, they matter, but they are the small picture. Yeah. Uh, the big picture is what are we doing for the world as a whole? And most people don't think they have any obligations in that area. Mm. Most people don't even think, as we've discussed before, they can even do anything about yeah. it. But just because they think that, that's just ignorance. And there is no, ultimately no excuse for ignorance unless you've taken every available opportunity to discover the truth. Yeah, it's a beautiful way of putting it because, uh, well, first of all, it's a completely new perspective with which to look at, you know, you know, the way that you might be judging other people and the way that you should be looking at, we should be looking at ourselves, really, because, mm. um, yeah, as you say, what really matters in the big scheme of things and, you know, Inaction, I guess, is part of what you're saying there, is mm. actually the worst, one of the worst things. Inaction in terms of not, take, not doing anything for the Mother Earth, for people, humanity on Earth as a whole, and not thinking in this way about the galaxy, that literally everything that we're doing is having an impact on it, and therefore, what are we doing? Mm. And if we come to Christmas, I have found that some Christians, and I'm saying all, have a very selfish approach to Jesus. Mm. What can he do for me? Yeah. Can he forgive me? Yeah, yeah. Can yeah. he find, you know, can what I do you, find What do you my, got to offer kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. My, can he live within me? Can I have a relationship? Can he, you know, what can he do? Not, you know, have I prayed for Jesus, the being, the yeah. intelligence? Not that Jesus wants, has asked for that or ever would ask for that. But that's the kind of approach we should have. Mm -hmm. And um, in the, if you take Dr. King, he never stopped he never stopped serving. His every breath, really, he, he, did, he was only here to serve. He didn't really even have to be here at all. For his sake. So he's about the only person on earth, or one of the very few, could actually honestly say, every breath I take, I take in service. Yeah. And he did it all the time. Mm -hmm. And he never stopped, even in his old age, even up. Anyone who knew him, and if several did, will say this. Um, he was serving all the time. He was thinking all the time. He did watch television, but he might come out of television with uh, having thought of this, 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 and this. Totally. 
Um, he, he was on all the time, and even in what we call sleep, you know, in the sleep state, he was 100%. That's the mark of a true avatar. And that's what really matters. Not focusing on mistakes that we made. Yes, put them right. Move on, transmute them. Other people might dwell, try to dwell on them. That's only because of their limitations. And people don't like the light. Mm-hmm. And so they will attack uh, some of the people. I mean, uh, let me just name another great person. We were told that there's a master in the Great White Brotherhood and an active one, uh, an ascended master, by the name of the Master Goya. Oh, yeah. Now, um, I'm taking it that that is the artist Goya. I, I don't know that, but I don't see why we'd be given a name like that if it wasn't the artist Goya. Yeah. I don't and know he's a one. very, I'm no expert on art, but I know that one of the interesting things he did was reveal truth. Mm. and a very unpalatable truth. And in his latter days, revealed truth about dark forces, which is interesting because he's very active and I believe, I understand, quite radical in certain regards. Um, But the point I'm making here, things were said about him too. There's rumours about him too. But he, and they may be completely false, Mm -hmm. by the way, not saying they're true, but even if... They are. We, we don't know that that was his last life, that he didn't have to come back. And based upon the way he died, one think he, if it is him, that he would have had to come back uh, to, to ascend. Might have been a short life. I don't know. I have no idea. But every I has to be dotted, every T has got to be crossed. But if we gave up because of our sins, and then if we have this idea that certain sins, you know, divorce in the Catholic Church at least, was a mortal sin, a mortal sin. Mm. Until, I don't know, I don't know whether it is now in some eyes, but certainly it was in the 20th century still. Um, And, you know, these things change. I mean, we we can see how things have changed in regard to that area of life in terms of what is and isn't a sin. Those things are changing all the time. But what really matters is what did you leave for, the, for humanity as a whole, how much change did you bring to the world? And if you say, I can't bring change to the world, that is a major sin. That thought, because it's an ignorant thought. Oh, I think that's a, you know, a deep thought exactly to leave people with and want to contemplate for Christmas. So I'd just like to say, everybody, um, you know, I hope you take this inspiration into your, your holiday period and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Everybody, it's Darren here. Thanks for tuning into the show. Now, if you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe for more wisdom from the Nine Freedoms. If you'd like to find out more about the Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 by Dr. George King, go to our website, that's ethereus.org. Richard and I love hearing from you, receiving your comments, your questions, on your spiritual experiences, and talking about them on the show. So do write to us, share them with us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Always remember that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. See you next time.